Footloose, Halloween apples, and community bloopers. Bloomers. Started with the blooper. Uh, you know that's right. It's episode eight and season six of this podcast and of Psych, and it starts right about mm, now. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, and riding shotgun in the blueberry with me, as always, is the complimenting, door-holding, beach-walking, woo, Friday night snuggling, dinner-cooking, thickness-loving son of a gun. He's having a hard time keeping those alligators down. Woo! Billy, my man, how's it going? Oh, that was really nice. I like that. How's it going? Message to the ladies. Yeah, just for you. You know, look out. Remember my friend Billy? You hear about Pluto? That's messed up, right? Um, (laughs) Joseph, this one was was an interesting one. We are having back to back episodes where I think both of us are a little on the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. And we're playing reverse roles this week around. Yeah, I was a little more of the no fun doc. Uh, well, well, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. So this week we are talking about Psych Season 6, Episode 8, The Tao of Gus. And let me hit you with the synopsis real quick before we dive into, uh, you know, our process. Uh, Gus and Sean take up residence at a hippie commune to, over, under, to uncover, Jesus, neither of us can talk tonight, the source of the mysterious threats aimed at Nicole Reed. And uh, William, before we dive into our quick thoughts, why don't you have Sean and Gus tell us about our process? Usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle. And then if there's time in between, Thundercats. Ho! Ho! I think you're calling me no fun doc because of what I said about Gus in the notes. No, no, no. I'm a little no fun doc. Oh, oh, you just said no fun doc. And I thought, you know, you were, I, I just assumed that's my mantle. It's my creed. It is, and that actually is in reference to your note above. But the no fun doc I said in the beginning is I'm a little no fun doc today because I was lower on this episode than you. It was fine. It was the definition of fine. So let me let me say this. I like this better than last week's uh, uh, episode. Um, it does have more memorable moments to me, but I am kind of in agreement with you. It is fine. I just happen to like bits of this um uh, more than the previous episode and my my final score will reflect that um but like i said this made me laugh a little bit more than in for a penny which it just flat out didn't like um and to me there's a couple there's just a couple of things from this episode which uh i was reminded on uh rewatching because there's a scene there's there's a, there's a character in here she plays a bit role but she just She's an absolute doll. She's an absolute sweetheart. Dot, you know, older, older lady, you know, loves, loves Sean. Uh, and she made me laugh. But also Gus kind of drove me nuts in this uh, in this episode. I'm never a fan of like too much Gus. Like him in, um, I think it was last night, Gus. That's yep. like the level of player I kind of like. He's kind of goofy, you know, bounce, 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 yeah. bounce, bounce, bounce. Like, that's the kind of Gus that I like. This was, like, creepy. Yeah. And, like, the 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 love interest was accepting of it, but, like, if it, was any, if it wasn't a hippie, 
Like this would be borderline. Like Jules played it right, and Sean played it right. So at yeah. least the people in the episode were reacting to it properly, because Jules is like, "Gus, what are you doing?" Sean in the bed scene where he's like, "Dude, I gotta talk to you about this. this is getting out of control." So at least like they played him to the point where he was fucking annoying, but right. everybody at least like it wasn't like un un it was addressed in the episode, which I was happy about. I think they kind of needed it to kind of give him some context maybe, but yeah, he, he drove me up a wall, but yeah, I guess he, he kind of need, he was like the, he was pushing the story. So yeah, it, it, he was like the necessary guy. Yeah, he was, he was the catalyst, which again, we can get into the, the plot on this one too. Not, not being stellar, but I will say that one scene where they were, you know, uh, in the cabin together, mm-hmm. uh, while Sean did call him out, what we got in that scene though was probably the realest and most honest Gus has been in a very long time. Where he just, I think he says something to the effect of, "I'm just, I'm just flat out, I'm lonely. Yeah. I'm sick of being alone." Right, and so you get it for a second, like in that split second, uh, is you go, "Okay, there's Gus," right, and then he just goes back to being over the top, goo goo gaga, like. Like even in and there's something about Mira, right? Whenever she's around, he like kind of changes. Like we know that's in his character, but this was just, uh, this was just next level buffoonery, um, and and I didn't much <laughs> care for it. Uh, she gave her necklace to the FedEx girl last week. So she kept <laughs> stopping by for no reason. She kept stopping by because she was delivering us our FedEx packages. Yeah, and so I don't know if this is like okay, them starting to plant the seeds of giving Gus. A girlfriend but we now that we've watched it we we know like i don't know they just i feel like they had an opportunity they they needed to either go one of two ways either never give gus a gal or give gus a gal and and, and do it the same way they did with with sean and jules but that would have meant hiring and you know maybe a new permanent care who knows uh, but anyway you got one just, now and this is real life life uh it took yeah. a while and I think yep. that is heavily played upon in, you know, certain arcs of the season. Uh, the next episode, we get the Neil Simon's lover retreat where he's a little less obsessed with it. So they play with it pretty well. But in this episode, yeah, yeah it was it was the driving force of the episode. Yeah. So I thought there was more comedy in this uh, in this episode than there was Disagree. in the last one. Uh, see, <laughs> and, and maybe it's because the um, it, it came from uh, some of the bit players, mostly Doc. And that's enough. That's more comedy than we got in the lab. But anyway, no, total disagree. The no, the, no, the coin no. stuff alone in the last episode was fucking <laughs> hysterical, and like it was peppered in properly. I thought in the last episode. Oh, and Lassie too. Lassie was great in this episode. No, this this is what I love. Back to back weeks, we disagree, and I love it. It wasn't like it was a little less natural. Like Dot is like over. Like she's like bigger than the the scene she's bigger than the episode which is fine and you need that same thing with lassie he was like playing huge in this episode which again is fine but i thought the other one i'll give you that the last half of the last episode sucked but that first like two-thirds i thought was hilarious like legitimately like funny funny stuff i mean i'm not gonna disagree with you there it's just this is a this is a personal thing i this is i just like this one better uh, but I will I will also say that I think back to back episodes now we get like lazy plots. And what drove me nuts in this one was there were some really good layers to it. 
Um, but you know right off the bat who it is. And when they introduce uh, what there needed to be more of was we needed more of the um, uh, into the backstory of the um, um, of the uh, internal affairs cop. I mean, I don't know where you would have got it, though. I kind of liked it that he was hidden. And then you get the backstory on the back end, which kind of pulled it all together. Yeah, but I just I just think there needed to be a little bit more meat on that bone there. It was just sort of like we get this information sort of in passing or we get it last minute towards the end of the episode right before the reveal. But that's how the reveal happened, though. If you knew all that, then you would have known that the killer came from the camp. Yeah, but I don't know. I I just and maybe maybe it'll come to me as we're discussing this further. (laughs) But that was just one of my like after I was like. I wish there was a little bit more there because as soon as we get introduced to our uh, guest star, it's him. And Psych generally does a good job of like when they have guest stars, they're not always uh, the antagonist. Uh, sometimes they're just annoying side characters that are there to, uh, you know, you know, counterbalance Sean or you get Declan Rand who's there to challenge Sean or, so like I don't know. So let let's let let's get into it. Let's 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 dive into this. So we have um uh the director of this episode is John Batham. Uh he directed Bounty Hunters, uh Daredevils, uh There Might Be Blood, uh The Devil is in the Details and the Upstairs Bedroom, Not Even Close Encounters, and the Tower of Gus. So like some pretty good episodes, some a little bit better than others, but just right nothing that's like oh that that's that's a fucking like the best one on there might be um not even close encounters yeah that one's phenomenal i like that one yeah. the devil in the details is okay there might be blood's okay Body hunters is okay yeah daredevils is fine yeah the yeah. not even close encounters is pretty great yeah uh writers on this is steve franks and tim uh meltriger um also mel damsky he, he's directed a ton of these episodes He's also like an executive producer too, so he's he's Ooh. got his, his his fingerprints all over the show. Um, standout guest star: we have Diedrich Batter, break mm-hmm. the break the wrists, walk away, you know, from Napoleon Dynamite mm-hmm. fame, also Drew Carey fame. Um, so no flashback scene, Billy, and we start off at the station this episode. Yeah, it's kind of almost. It's not necessarily like a crash cut into it. We get the uh, setup of they're going to the closing. Of a muffin shop. No, a cupcake shop and the opening of another one. Also, yeah. Henry wants a red velvet. I don't know about you. I think red velvet is a scam. It's so, just the frosting. They just put the the, the, the nice cream frost- frosting. The cream cheese frosting. But you can put that on anything. Well, you can, but I'll tell you what. Uh, my wedding cake, William. I, I wasn't allowed to choose many things in, in, in our wedding. Rightfully so. Uh, but when it came to the wedding cake, uh, it was three tiers. Beautifully decorated. Uh, Megan, we got to choose two flavors, and so Megan chose a, a, a vanilla cake with a fresh raspberry coulis, uh, you know, sort of um, frosting in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. You know, in, in between the layers, and then I got to choose the middle layer, the middle tier, if you will, and I went with red velvet. It was fucking delicious, it's and I loved. I know, and it was it was it was it was it was red dye number five, moist deliciousness. It's just golden cake with a red dye. It's actually chocolate cake. Is it really? Yes. Oh. It's a chocolate cake. And right. I'm not I'm a big fan of chocolate cake. Right. Uh, they, they must be prank call. Would you like some chocolate <laughs> cake? 
<laughs> well, we disagree on cakes in the last two episodes. That's okay. We're gonna, we're we're gonna, we're gonna come in hot with the next one. Um, but you know this this was actually a, a, a this is again this was maybe not as great as the opening of the but I love this back and forth here because we get some creepy ass Gus, but we get some great like just typical Sean Gus back and forth stuff where. Gus sees this hippie broad and he is all all of a sudden in love and he just says, I want to die and come back as that scarf. She's wearing this like peach <laughs> hippie scarf. And then John goes, I thought you wanted to die and come back as Elvis. No, that's the skinny Elvis. Oh <laughs> no, that's you, John. I want to die and come back as black Michael Jackson. <laughs> and now you're downgrading to a scarf. Yeah, it was pretty good little banter there. And then, you know, we get the the hippie broad and we get like very inappropriate Gus where Juliet asks for her number and like he steps in and creep like that is especially for Gus who's like usually the more reserved we are really seeing like the the UPS you know like just super like when Carlton was smitten with uh what's her name sister the chief by the way we haven't seen the chief in like a month yeah, I know. And even she's, if she's, she's like when she has been in this season, it's been like sparingly. Yeah, very, very brief. Uh, but we get introduced to this hippie broad, and she seems wildly off a rocker. She seems like you know, Aaron Rodgers out of one of his desert retreats, just mm. fucking you know, blasted to the moon. Um, Lassie and Jules don't believe her. She claims she saw a murder, uh, but they don't believe her. Um, and <laughs> Lassie. Because Janice Joplin is crazier than Janice Dickinson. Janice Dickinson. That reference absolutely killed me. Uh, I just, I love. I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hide. I loved Lassie in this episode. It was he pretty fucking, good. He made me laugh, uh, and I, and I love it whenever he's going after hippies because I think that's just when he's at his, he's he's at his best. He's like Carmen uh, almost. Yeah, and so like they're like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he's like. <laughs> He's trying to do like, you know, like the, the hand gesture of her smoking weed, but mm. he he makes the dumbest face humanly possible. And the reaction from Sean and Gus here was absolutely priceless. No, it's great. Yeah. Suffering from hemorrhoid pain, doing an accurate impression of Dr. Evil. Right. Uh, it was it was it was it was so fucking great. And then um, I love this. The only thing coherent yeah. she did was she drew three circles during the interview. And then Sean, maybe a snowman did it. Yeah, right. Uh, which we'll come to find out the three circles, I think, was the, the traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so it's this here. This this was a little off putting even for even like I, I like to work blue, Billy. You know me. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll my mind's in the gutter. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And it just it pans to Gus and he does his, his creepy face, you know, and he goes, I feel a case coming on and it's coming on hard. And even Sean was like, creepiest euphemism ever. And yeah, like that's this episode kind of took me out of like the fun, playful side because they never really like they would usually like leave something like that kind of out. Yeah, right. Or he'd start to say it and get cut off or just like this was this was weird. Or they, they went places they don't typically go. Or they backdoor it. Like there's an episode, the um, the one with the the crock pot, like uh, the radio show one, and you know somebody says, you know, you know, decent cans, um, oh, on, like yeah. on the girl, and then yeah. uh, like a couple of like sentences later, like Lassie's like, she got to look at this. 
but like talking about like the scene of the crime. So like it was like less like directly like a euphemism or like, and it wasn't even actually making the joke. It just like, worked well. Like yeah. this was a little odd, but I, I guess I'm being more nitpicky because I didn't like love it. But even like the the skinny Michael Jackson and the uh, or the skinny Elvis and the black Michael Jackson, I thought was like. If we're ranking the, you know, oh, um, yeah, they're not non- high on the Pantheon. Yeah, not the non sequiturs or whatever you would call them jokes. It's like mid. It's mid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. Right in the I meaty part of the curve. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they usually they're usually closer to airplane with those kind mm-hmm. of things. Right. And they, they just like they it was all too on the nose. I think a little little too on the nose. Uh, so then Sean and Gus take a uh, hippie chick to the uh, hippie broad, I should say, to the uh, the crime scene. And man, like, again, Gus is completely fucking wackadoo here. You know, she's out in the fucking street. She, they're, they're trying to fucking put things together. She She's not making any fucking sense. And then all of a sudden this car comes out of fucking nowhere and is gunning right for the hippie broad. And Gus, you know, thankfully heads up. You know, grabs her, gets her out of the way. The car takes off. They don't get the well, they they notice sort of the make and the color of the car, but it's got no license plate, so that's not really helpful, <laughs> uh, right? Um, and then uh... <laughs> that was like a like it was like the oddest joke of Sean's. It didn't have any license plate or license plate. And then uh... <laughs> I had to make this note here because Gus says something and wrote Gus, much like my podcasting partner, also likes Brazilians. Because then, because Sean says something like, I didn't think uh, hippie chicks were, uh, you know, in your wheelhouse. Because I thought that was just Brazilian ladies. He goes, I like all women. Or something to that effect. And, He's, he uh, says, I, I like all, uh, I, I like, um, I'll find it. Hang on. Uh, yeah, give me one sec. Either way, he's he basically is like, oh, I'm a complicated man who likes complicated women. And Brazilians. Yes, yes, there it is. Yep, bang, bang, bang. And uh, I had to make, you know, guess you know, ladies, if you're if you're listening, I know uh, we got a large female audience. Billy, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we go from the crying scene to Jules' apartment because Sean gets his half cracked idea that they're going to stash this hippie broad at Jules's place, and she's like, "No, I don't think so." A, I don't believe her. Two, she's nuts. And three, it's like highly, you know, inappropriate. Um, and so Sean decides to take her off the grid and <laughs> this, this made me chuckle. Uh, he says, uh, Sean Gus goes, where are we going? He goes, maybe we head North. Can you be more specific? Fine. South. Love <laughs> that I love that. Um, and so as the guys, uh, and Nicole are leaving, Nicole says, well, we can, I know a place that's off the grid. As they're leaving, you see Jules in the window. And for some odd reason, She's playing with the woman's scarf, like, mm. and she's doing it as a silhouette in the window. And all of a sudden, bop, bop, fire uh, shots ring out, you know, boop, boop. Um, hit her window. Jules ducks, gets down. But the guys don't know because they've already taken off. And so someone is definitely out to get this hippie broad. They must have thought that Jules was the girl. Makes sense. They're both relatively the same build and height. Um, although, you know, uh, we talked about cans. There's a stark difference. Uh, but they're both blonde and you know, whatever. It, it, it made sense from a story standpoint. See, I had to go full Gus there. Uh, we're playing, playing into the episode there. So um, now we get to where most of the episode takes place. And it's at this 
wackadoo hippie commune and you get get some real creepy cult vibes and uh, i love the children of the corn reference here yes he doesn't have anything to do with corn and like this is where nicole kind of like breaks out of character she's like ah come on she's a little less hippie in that moment but it is kind of crazy we get all of that stuff that we just went over in about like eight or nine minutes like they're at the yeah. hippie farm in like the before like minute 10 so yeah they really get a lot set up to kind of play out, which I liked. So we meet, you know, everybody. We meet the guy who's been in the other episode, one of the first episodes, the uh, the the cat uh, hotline. He, he's the, the hotline operator. He's like the manager yeah. of the uh, the place, yeah. Which uh, they, they break the universe a little bit, but we'll allow it because it's like, and that was early <laughs> on, and, you know, they're running out of USA actors to cast. But right. we meet Eli, and I know you said immediately you thought it was him. I didn't. Always the cult leader. Always the cult leader. Right? Like, that's just, that's just, that's cult 101. Those guys always do it. And uh, I don't know. It just, from the first time I saw this episode and every time I've rewatched, I mean, obviously upon rewatch, but like, Diedrich Batter, I love Diedrich Batter. I think he does not do a great job, uh, you know, in this episode. His, yeah, and, his character doesn't really like fit. I don't look at him as, you know, cult leader so much as like the dude from napoleon dynamite right or uh you know two chicks at one time right yeah, from office space mm-hmm. uh you Similar. Know, he's a, yeah he's a great character actor i just again i i felt like the writing could have been a little stronger like give, give you maybe you were right and like if they gave us too much of the uh internal affairs uh so that's the guy you know who the hippie chick summer. We will find that out in just a minute. But like, if they had given us more uh, his back, maybe that does give it away, right? Yeah, because that links it to there right away, right? Uh, so that, so that I will concede that that makes. But like, I just felt as a whole, there could have maybe maybe you give us more on Eli. Maybe you show us more of him. Like I don't know. Like they're usually really good about like giving us like when it comes to the reveal, you know, like giving us something more like why are why are we really invested we want to know yeah who is after this girl but then nothing really happens to her while she's there Mm -hmm. right so maybe if someone someone had made an attempt on her while she was there you know uh and i don't know like there could have just it was just lacking it was just lacking for For me me. the thing that's lacking is that when they explain away and again they do it so it's fine they actually write it in there you know Nicole steps out of the car. Eli realizes that she doesn't realize it's him. It's like, well, that's pretty fucking convenient. So, right. But they yeah. at least try to explain it away. But I get you there. But like, if I was him, right, Eli, eventually something's going to come out of it. You killed a dude. Your witness to the crime is in your community. It would have been nice if maybe she had one near death moment there. And that's the other thing. Th- this just hit me too right so this commune they do fucking everything together it is like basic like living off the land nothing is like there's no real safe spaces so if there's a shed someone's gonna go in it right and so someone oh, if there's dies, a car like, there if yeah. multiple people are missing so we, on one so day. so like we're i'm gonna jump ahead here but that's okay you know like there's a dead body hidden in the shed next to this dude's like cabin that's gonna be found a lot sooner than it see, was see i don't think they put it there then i think when the police got there 
Eli. I mean, this is just me. Like what I would say if I was the writer of this being like, whoa, 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 whoa don't attack me. Like he planted it there because he knew the best motive other than him. would. Yeah, have but been where else husband. was he going to hide this body on? It's probably in the trunk of his car. And then, like, when the police got there, he was like, shit, let me throw it in this and pin it on this dude. But none of them are going to hear or see this guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's just a no, lot yeah, of holes yeah, I there. I got you. I got you. Right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of holes there. Um, but anyway, so she gets out. She wants to feel, you know, she wants to have Gus and Sean stay there. So she feels extra safe because she knows people are after her. And Sean, like, Sean does a great job playing the straight man this episode. He has to because Gus is, like, that far off the reservation. And, uh, you know, so Sean finally gets a hold of Jules, tells her they're going to stay there to, to, well, she doesn't tell Jules where they are, but they're hanging out to, to sort of protect Nicole. Um, and, you know, it's just like, okay, okay, fish out of water here. Gus goes all in. Sean's trying to escape. And I just like way too much time at this hippie commune. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I think, what they set it up for. You know, we get a couple of key pieces of information here that Nicole was a former trust fund kid and come to find out everybody there besides Milos. <laughs> Milos? Yeah, Milos was rich. Um, so Fucking Milos. That's your shoe, Milos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we get, you know, um, Jules checking in. She needs a psychic vision. And I actually did like the way that they got the psychic vision. I thought that was a nice yes. little thing, even though it is weird for this community to have Wi-Fi, but I guess you need some, I don't know. So I think we're, we're really digging in on like the plot points of this, but it is it like, it's just not one of our favorite episodes. So I think we're going to yeah. poke holes where they are. Yeah. Right. Cause I think, I think we definitely have a tendency to be a little more lenient when the, the comedy is that good. Mm -hmm. And back-to-back -back episodes really it just hasn't been the case. Uh, but I, I did like this as well, right? So this is where we really get um, some good information. Jules needs a psychic vision. Sean's got squadoosh. Doesn't even want to be there. So he calls his dad. And so Henry helps him out, you know. And so Sean has this, uh, this, this, this half-cocked idea of like, oh, shit, maybe uh, if there's traffic cameras at that intersection – Maybe they would have caught. Yeah, because when he's talking to Jules, somebody runs a red light. He hears the click, then he gets yeah. the light bulb idea. So he team viewers in basically to his dad's computer. They're able to find, you know, the the Dan Cooper guy there talking to the shadowy figure. And Henry actually realizes him as an AI guy, Dan Cooper. So now we found what we think is the what was it? A man with glasses and a heavy presence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have an idea now who who the potential murder suspect was, right? This internal mm -hmm. affairs officer. And if you ask Lassie, internal affairs officer had it coming anyways. Uh, <laughs> but now we know, like, you know, the, the, the person who's dead is a cop. So it was the killer, a cop, uh, which I liked that aspect of it. And, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and they wrote that they wrote that away pretty quickly. Uh, but anyway, so, okay, we got something here. We got, we got some teeth. We got some, some juice to this episode. Uh, and then we cut to the fruit stand scene, which I, on one hand, liked, and on one hand, absolutely fucking hated. Why'd you hate it? Well, like, what was the point? Did you, I, I know the point of it, right? But you didn't need the, the guys coming in and just start, you know, I guess I wouldn't hate it, but like. You know, I loved it because I loved <laughs> the aspects of it, 
and but the whole purpose of it was just to show that um you know tall glasses dude um has a little bit of an anger problem and that makes him a the reason to be a uh <laughs> man yells at cloud um you show shows he's got an anger issue like sex better than that they're, they're better at writing motive for characters other than you know setting up some like you know hick versus hippie you know brawl now i did like the fight itself i loved uh you know seeing sean in his man spanks get thrown through the peaches. oh my god you saw i'm glad you did see it yeah well because you've been <laughs> you've been you've been talking about this now since we started doing the show and you know our love of fat sean you said well they, they started putting that bro with spanks and i didn't notice it until i, I rewatched it i go yeah that is clear as fucking day those are man specs. <laughs> yeah, they sure were. And like, as an editor, it's like you couldn't have found another angle or shot or like punched in to get that to give the dude a little bit of a break there. Right. I do love this scene, and I, I'm fine with it. I love. Yeah, there's uh, elements of it that I very much like, and it's all revolved around the fruit. Yes, the fruit is great, but also when they start the fight, let me get one punch. Just one punch, John. Oh yeah. And then he's like, "Dude, this is Footloose. We're brawling with townies. That means I'm bacon, and you're Laurie Singer. Why do I have to be the girl? Because you just swung like this, and he yes. does like the the short, like little, like yeah. tiny, like kid punch. <laughs> it fucking killed me. And also yeah. when they're talking about the candy, you yeah. got it down here. If if God intended them to be candy, then why would he have invented candy? Answer me right. that." Right, you know these plums are God's candy, um, and, and so, then you but, think everything is an apple. Well, what's this tiny apple? What's that one? Halloween apple. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fucking pumpkin. <laughs> I do, I do love that. But we get another piece of information. I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but hippie, uh, hippie broad we learned is a trust fund kid. We learned four eyes uh, is also a former hedge fund manager. Mm. So okay, now like those are good seeds to plant. Like that, I enjoyed. That's good. That's good psych, you know, writing where they 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 put those little subtle little things into the plot. So as you're going along, and then when you get the bigger reveal, bang. Um, so we go back to the station. Uh, we get a, th- this is a this is a fun little scene because again, this was this was Lassie going head toe to toe with the I, uh, Eternal Affairs cop, and th- you know they're asking for just for a little bit of information about you know this man Cooper. The internal affair guy was a total prick says, you don't need to know. I talked to him the other day or whatever. Uh, why don't you just mind your own business? Let us do our thing. And they were just asking for some help, right? Like this mm-hmm. guy could help them out. And Lassie just, oh man, I want Lassie to fucking punch him right between the eyes, man. But uh, as we all know, internal affairs always has the upper hand on Lassie because he's fucking, yes. um, he's a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah, but Lassie's a loose cannon, right? He says, oh, uh, Summer of bop, 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 circus. Discharged your weapon. Oh, in 04, you discharged your weapon at a circus. Yeah. Pause for effect twice. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then he said something, and Lassie's retort was, that lady was feisty as hell, and I have last the year you mark to prove it. <laughs> yeah, last year you put an 86-year-old shoplifter in full body restraints. That old lady <laughs> was feisty as hell, and I got the denture marks to prove it, bud. Fucking love that. Like uh, Lassie versus internal affairs. Lassie versus Henry. From time to time is great, and and Lassie versus hippies. Those are like death, you know, you know, death, whatever in taxes, right? You know, it's <laughs> you throw Lassie versus hippies in there, and I'm in death um, taxes and Lassie versus hippies. To me, it goes Lassie versus lefties. Oh yes, fucking lefties, man! I tell you, that's the number uh, one battle. 
Uh, oh, speaking of a side note, completely unrelated to anything, but this has to be known. I have to say this is a free plug. Fucking Floramos, Billy. Yeah. Tremendous. I can still taste those tips, man. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, if you don't know, we uh, went to Oktoberfest on Saturday of last week, not to date the podcast. Shout out Idle Hands. I went to trivia there last night for Mac and Goo, and I took some of the boys to Floramos. Doc's first time and. <sighs> Tremendous, no. tremendous. If you're in the Malden area, go hit Floramos. Free plug. Um, I'm hoping for some free tips. Maybe they're listening. Who knows? Uh, so we're back at the commune, and uh, Sean has a vision of a cop named Pierce. So this is um, this is uh, some observational stuff that Sean had noticed from way back at the beginning of the episode, uh, where Sean sees this cop just kind of looking a little shady. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... He's like, hmm, maybe something's up with this guy. You know, is he, is he, it looks like he's taking some evidence away. Uh, and he didn't really sign, he like kind of fake Phantom, signed his yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, so now they think, okay, if, if internal affairs officer was killed and they think a cop might have done it, maybe it was this, this Pierce officer that, that might be, um, uh, you know, the guilty party. So he tells Jules to, to look into it. And um, while, while that's happening, you see, you know, Sean uh, at a stream with this old fashioned washboard washing these these ginormous pair of granny panties bloomers. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he's like, I'm I'm washing dots bloomers. Well, I, I, they're not dots. I, they're, they're community bloomers. You know? <laughs> and just the word bloomers uh, and the way Sean says it just tickles me. It's it, it just I. I completely forgot about it. And when I saw it again, I probably laughed twice as hard as I should have, because it's not terribly funny in the grand scheme of things. But the idea of Sean saying I'm washing community bloomers just gave me a good little chuckle. No, that is that is tremendous. That's one of the best parts of the episode. And, you know, then we get Sean doing a bit of snooping. And this is when I knew it was Eli. Before this, I was up in the air for who it could be. Um, and again, like I love you know, uh, Doc Flex in here, by the way, if you can't. Uh, well, Mac it. wants Mac wants the guns, so All someone's right. got to give him the guns, you know. <laughs> um, so I <laughs> just you honestly, you just made me lose my train of thought. With the guns. <laughs> yeah, gun show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Two tickets. Uh, but no, he goes into uh, Eli's like uh, he doesn't really have a hovel. He has like a, a nice place. He sees passport photos, the Antigua stuff. So. This is really pointing the finger at him. And I'm surprised that Sean didn't put this together a little sooner. But right now, Eli, there's no motive to float around other than the internal affairs stuff. So it doesn't make sense to connect this to anybody else. Right. It just you just you're just thinking at this point, Okay, we got a we got a cult leader here. He's up to something shady. Uh, We know that a couple of the. uh, the people on this commune um, come from money, but you've got no idea what that has to do with anything. Um, is it all good mysteries, procedural things like that? We know it all. It all comes with the the reveal at the end. But because motive like, typically is the key thing, and when they find out he's AI, they instantly stick that as the motive. Yeah, that somebody's out to you know wipe him out because they're going after him. But we even find out he's after community stand like uh like. Uh, what is it like standards and like procedures so he's like like paperwork so that does make sense but that didn't you know shouldn't lead to murder and obviously it didn't of that dude so right we get that and then uh what's the gus annoying thing here because he was pretty annoying the whole time oh yeah i 
I think this was just a this is like the point in the episode. I'm like, okay, I've had enough. Uh, it was the thing they were they were on the porch, and he's doing the whole. He's got the the necklace on. He's wearing the dashiki. Uh, you know, he's talking about you know he's he's sounding a lot like Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's just like okay, I've had enough. I've had enough of Gus this episode. Mm-hmm. That's just so I wrote that down. But we're back at the station, and what we learn here is that uh, the stuff that Pierce was taking from the evidence turned out to be drugs. He mm-hmm. was taking drugs, selling it, you know, whatever. And this is why Internal Affairs was looking after him. So okay, now we think okay, boom, we've got our motive. We have our suspect. Um, it all seems like, okay, that's it. But like, we know that's not it because they're still on the commune. There's still mm-hmm. a shit ton of episode left at this point. Um, and so I did like this though, where Gus is in the middle of some hippie circle and mm-hmm. Sean is like, all right, hey, buddy, well, well, why don't we go take a walk? And he and gets, Gus, yeah, the beast, he gets him into the blueberry, uh, you know, and he starts driving away from the commune. Um, for which Gus is, you know, pissed off about because his, his lady's still back there. But as they're driving away, um, they see something odd in the woods. It's a car. The Suckspuds rush. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not only is, uh, what's his name? Probably not the killer, but the killer is at the commune now. Yeah. And that, I guess another thing, like that car looked like it was up, <laughs> like it was yeah. raised up and it covered in all this brush. They weren't that far off the commune. Like that should take some time, you know. Like, <laughs> well, it's so, been there but, for at least a day. Yeah, and that's the other thing. That means that body was in there for at least a day, mm-hmm. and it's 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 pretty hot and sunny out there in California, right? Mm-hmm. And that body looks just, eh, just again. I'm being persnickety, I know, but like, come on, tighten it up. It's like we know you're better than this. You get better than this. Um, so we know Pierce is not the killer, right? The suspect is on the commune. They got to go back. They got to, uh, make sure Nicole's okay. I love this little bit of suspense where they go into the cabin. They're yelling your name. You get that nice dramatic music. And, uh, then we find out that Nicole is okay. And hello, Nicole. Yep. She is, uh, a little, uh, topless at the moment. And <laughs> I think he's one of you going to hand me a towel. He's like, yeah, I think she's good. And the way that Sean just kind of stood there for a second, and then you see Gus pull. This is the second time this season where we've had some topless ladies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're getting a little risque. You know, this is uh, this isn't uh, you know USA up all night. That that's that's a couple hours it's away. Not silk, so- you know? uh, silk stockings, silk stockings, and what was it? It was up all night with Rhonda Shear. You remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or La Femme yeah. Nikita. La Femme Nikita. Oh, these are all things that Doc Doc Young Doc was very familiar with. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, <laughs> So now, like, okay, everyone's on high alert. Um, and le- uh, uh, So they got to bring back Jules and Lassie because yeah. now this is an actual active right. case on But the Jules knows where they are because mm-hmm. that little you know, kerfluffle at the fruit stand made the made the papers. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jules is upset. She's like, well, now the killer knows where you guys are, right? And so they get up to the hippie commune and... <laughs> Fucking Lassie kills this scene. And he just walks these great directions, Spencer. If it wasn't for the fetid stench of unwashed hippie pits, we may have never found this place. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he and does then, he does shine down on him pretty hard here. This is where our this is what our troops have been fighting to protect a right to not wear brassiers. 
<laughs> like, oh man. And then he goes, Oh, I bet it is Cheech. Like, I just like Lassie just fucking killed it. He was he was <laughs> I did I love, love also when he's like, How about I bring down some of the pals from the DEA to oh, yeah. harvest? And they fucking just all boo him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Absol- great. Absolutely great. Uh so they're in the barn of truth. And we get more Milos. Uh where <laughs> <laughs> where uh Diedrich Batters uh character I can't remember his character's name is the cult leader Eli there. Eli Eli asks for the gourd of truth uh, and you can only speak if you're hoarding the gourd of truth so he asks Milos for it Milos hands him a fucking shoe <laughs> I just see yes that's that's your left shoe Milos I, I need the gourd the cool. you know I need the gourd and this is where uh Dot has a great little moment here she grabs a gourd and she says, I've had a series of deliciously impure dreams where I'm dumping out cold butter, sugar, flour, raw eggs, and chocolate chips all over the naked body of that man over there. And she's pointing to Sean, who's sitting next to Jules. And the look that Jules gives is fucking perfect. <laughs> yeah, Jules was like stuff, uh, like stuck holding the bag a few times. Yeah. Like Dot saying stuff. You're a very lucky woman. Yeah, but which is great because Jules played it off perfectly because, like, she knows obviously this makes Sean really uncomfortable and she fucking loves it. And it's, it's absolutely great. It's not the best uh, recant, uh, like, uh, recounting of a dream in the show, though. My favorite one is still Sean's. I've been having this dream, this reoccurring dream where I'm flying over Auckland on the <laughs> back of a swan made primarily of cocoa. His name's Clem. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I, I love what is is tremendous. Your recall <laughs> for that, Billy, was absolutely tremendous. And then she looks at Sean. She goes, "You watched my bloomers. Uh, those were community bloomers." Okay. Um, so now you know. Uh, Four eyes gets up here. So now they they planted the seed at the fruit stand. Remy, yeah, a little bit of a temper. And then he narks out. And he grabs a gourd. He narks out Nicole, saying that she was going into town to meet a man. And he's very upset about this, like weirdly upset about mm-hmm. it. Uh, and it turns out that Nicole was, uh, you know, interacting with a man on the interwebs uh, who had reached out to her about the commune. And it turns mm-hmm. out that man was, in fact, Internal Affairs Officer Cooper. And they found um, that the- out because of the email, because Nicole, we find out later, had no idea that he was actually a cop. Right. And he just wanted info for that. So I did think that was a nice little twist there. That like she actually didn't know and she was hiding from the commune why she was really going to the town. She said she was going to buy bobbins. She's going to meet yep. a dude. Yep. And uh and so then we find out that four eyes and Nicole were once an item. So now, like, okay, they're setting it up, uh, you know, that maybe four eyes here, maybe uh he wants to kill her because it's simply out of jealousy. Right, but that's not typically a psych trope, right? And we get Jules saying, you know, it's a pretty thin motive, essentially, she says. Yeah. You know, he's really going to go follow her into the city and kill the guy. So it's pretty loose there. And then, you know, it's – we kind of – we see uh, Dan Cooper's sister in a photo in his wallet, and Sean connects that to a photo of – his sister at the commune. Right. 
And so Sean asks Dot, and I think Dot says, oh, yeah, she, you know. Was one of the founding members here, pretty much. One of the founding yeah. women, at least. And then and then she just left one day, and supposedly she went mad. Well, yeah, because right? she was a promising OBGYN. Yep. And this is where Sean, I think, kind of puts together the, uh, the uh, you know, the Pledge of Life or whatever it is. You know, it's actually the attorney-client privilege thing or whatever, giving them power. So she leaves, finds out she has nothing and goes insane. So this right. is where it kind of all comes together. Yeah, because they're they're searching for his cabin now. And this is where they find the dead body, you know, in his shed. Uh, so they think, you know, it's all okay. They think they've got it. It was four eyes, blah, 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 blah. But then again, this is just as you said, where Sean sort of puts it all together. Um, and in, in this thing that they all signed to be there, right. They all sign over their power of attorney. They're all rich and they're, they're you know, and, uh, so Eli, um, <laughs> Eli was taking all their money because he planned to flee and the murder, uh, it's an exceptionally because- long con too. This was going on over like fucking 20 years almost. Yeah. And which seems so- a little odd too. Yeah, right. Because you would have think you would have you had them all drink the Kool Aid by now and taken off. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got he caught wind of a uh, hippie chick meeting with this guy. He finds out that this guy's internal affairs. He doesn't want his operation to get busted, so he has to kill the guy. Um, and then he's got to kill Nicole because he thinks she may have seen him. Right. So it gets a little convoluted, but simple at the same time. Um, and you know, again. It's just it's all about money. Um, and again, like, I don't know, could have been better. Yeah, I mean, when you put it all together, I don't know how much water it holds. It's not bad. I do love Dot. Dot's got mad wheels, takes them down. Holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, we thought Henry had a great spear. Mm-hmm. Dot just like RKO's this motherfucker out of nowhere. <laughs> Right, it's absolutely tremendous. And then Milos comes in and starts to millberry the dude, beating him with his own shoe. Left shoe. Right, uh, which was absolutely fantastic. And then the end scene, we get, you know, Dot again just doting on Sean. Um, and then we find out that Four Eyes and Dot, they're going to start, you know, they're going to take their money. They're going to buy the commune and keep it going. I thought that was a nice little touch. And we also get uh, Gus and, uh, is it Nicole? Yep. With the uh, going wherever with the chakras and my love doesn't abound like that. So he actually finally snaps out of it. So that's a little bit, I think, back to reality. And we kind of take Gus 180 in this episode. So we're left on a little better footing, but not necessarily the greatest psych episode. It is fine. Yeah. Um, so that that's that. Let's let's jump into the next portion of the program. You're red hot. Fucking love that. Uh, most memorable moments. I know I said I both loved and kind of hated this scene. The hate is just me being persnickety, but the fruit stand scene does stick out. Like when you think of this episode, you're gonna think of Man Spanks, you're gonna think of the punch, the fake, like when he describes his punch. Because you threw it like this. Um, Sean participating in the daily chores, specifically washing the community bloomers. Mm-hmm. Um, Lassie bashing hippies, and then to me, Dot was a scene stealer. Yeah, I mean those were. I mean, she, I think- she, she chewed it up, right? Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, and um, then, yeah, at least memorable. There's a lot, just like a lot of Gus over the top stuff. 
Yeah, like we generally love when he goes all in, but this this was too much. Um, I mean, it, not not to like it was purposeful though. Like you were supposed yes. to dislike him and make be uncomfortable by it. And I just don't know if they did enough to play off of it and make it fun enough. Yeah. Um, and then I thought the bad guy was too obvious. We only really had the red herring for like two minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, so <laughs> my lot. Doc yells at Cloud. Um, so favorite character. I think I've I've let it be known who mine is. I absolutely love Lassie, but I have Dot is a very close second. I thought Sean was still pretty good. You know, his like little like pop ins and outs, you know, you know, kind of playing the the straight man in this episode or he really brought like the levity too, because you know, Gus was like a very dialed in one note character pretty much until the end. So I thought Sean did a nice job. I thought Jules was pretty good too. Overall, it was just, you know, it yeah. was a snake episode. It was fun. Yeah. Um, so some quotes here that uh we uh we missed again more weird gus where he says your silhouette should be on a mud flap <laughs> i do like that though i mean it's it's a great because you know what you know the the you know it's a the, the traditional um silhouette of a lady you know with her legs crossed on the on the, the the trucker flaps there fun fact when i was in college and uh we lived uh we me and my buddies we had a house in Loudon. down in the basement was where you know the parties happened right and i made a i made a custom beer pong table and it was red with a with that silver mud flat lady spray painted oh, right in the middle yeah classy good, i like it yeah i did a pretty good job with that um i've once seen you take testimony from a cat it was suspicious meowing love that i love that callback um Oh yeah, we did the the whole apples thing here already. Uh, oh, I'm a slave to love, Jack, and fashion, and movies where dogs cover their eyes when humans get intimate around each other. That I thought was the strongest psych writing of the episode, pretty much. That was good. Yeah, that was that was classic psych mm-hmm. right there. Um, so let's let's bring this thing home, Billy, with boom, the with boom, boom. Muffins. Muffins. Um, uh, not a ton here. Um, we get a pineapple at the fruit stand. Mm-hmm. We do get a description of Lassie. What does yeah. Dot call him? Slim. Yeah, love that. Um, Henry, father, dick of the year moment. Um, him helping Sean with the traffic cam photos. I like this little back and forth too. Sean goes, "Wow, that is really neat. Who think? Who could have thought you could have done that?" And Henry goes, "I did. I told you about it two minutes ago. You didn't even think it was possible." <laughs> Um, and then we get a couple of references here, you know, Children mm-hmm. of the Corn, Footloose, Xanadu, uh, Purple Haze. Um, and this Bonnie and Clyde wasn't mentioned directly. Um, but when uh, I can't remember who says it, a French beret and Tommy Gunn robbing a bank, uh, mm. you know, that's clearly a reference to, to Bonnie and Clyde there. I think Lassie might have said that. But um, with that, did I miss anything? I don't think there was any nicknames or. No. Not really. I mean, there was like some good gags, but they weren't really like obscure references. I do like when Sean tries to use the bread as nunchucks, but yeah. Oh yeah. So here, here's a very interesting thing, William. I think we we both found ourselves on sort of opposite poles of this episode. Mm -hmm. Now, last week when we did this, our scores were wildly different. They were. Um, I just bumped mine down 0.2 notches. (laughs) I gave it a six, Billy. What did you give it? A six. Yeah. A Malden six. No, it's, a Malden, a, it's, no, it's like a it's like a New York, like a Chelsea, New York 
six. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not, so, not that. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's a Hampton beach six. Uh, no, Hampton so, beach six is good. So the better the place, the lower number is better. So you think Omaha, Hampton beach is a good place? No, it's not. So that's why the low number oh, okay. yeah, yeah, is really this. like a Malden 10 is like a Peabody five. Yeah. Yeah. This that's is, like this how is, the scale works. Yeah, this it's, is it's, it's, missing the joke again. We're missing yeah. the point again, like I did um, with the with, with that with that great uh, Photoshop you made with the text bubbles, and I read it backwards. And just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it happens. Do- Doc's all you know, ages a son of a bitch. Uh, but I just I just find it interesting how we both have different feelings about this episode, but we kind of came to the same conclusion. Yeah, I think my um, last you you rated the other one like a five five. I think I rated the other one like a six three. So yeah. it's you know, yeah. But luckily, we're uh, at this point of the episode where we get to talk about next week. Yes. So come on, son. Come on, son. Get that body with that ball. Come on, son. Now, what do we have coming up next week, Billy? Oh my God, we have for me probably a Mount Rushmore episode. This episode, I don't know how recently you've seen it. I've seen it like four times this week because like I've been watching it on my laptop around my house, like cleaning and stuff. And it kind of rolls right into the next episode when I watch it on like my actual like desktop. It just loops the episode because it's like something I've downloaded. Yeah, This is one of the best episodes of Psych. Like it is top to bottom, T to B, nuts to bolts. It's perfect. It's a perfect episode great unbelievable probably the best guest stars tremendous now we're starting to get to a point now here we're outside of santa barbara town part one and part two we're gonna start hitting a run of episodes pretty much purple hazy where i've only maybe seen these episodes maybe just a couple of times and it's been a while since i've last watched them so my recollection from this episode is uh the ring right Uh, he hides it in the game boy case Mm -hmm. right and Gus gets all mad, and then uh, the wine, the the the, the cowboy wine, He's guy, Ray Red, right? yeah, right. So I I can't wait to watch this. No, uh, this is yeah. also the uh, this is also the uh, the key lime pie. It's key. It's key oh lime. yes, yes. This so, episode is like I'm gonna watch it right after this. I'm probably gonna watch it ten times before we do the next episode. So I know we were a little bit down on this one, but this episode is. An it's an utter delight. It's yeah. got Jason Priestley yes. and Tony Hale, and both of them are phenomenal. Tony there's, Hale is great. There's so many pop cultural references. It's written well. It's a great Jules and Sean episode. You get Lassie. You get um, you get Lassie. You get Gus, and you get Henry as a trio. Yes, yes. Oh, because is this the one with the um? The lady Henry- who likes like uh, old balding virile man like uh, Sean this Connery. Is, this is Harry an all timer. Yes, this Dick is an all timer. Yes, it's coming back now because because fucking Henry's at the store buying the Hawaiian shirts. Even your shirt's got a big weekend planned. I mean, we should right. say for the next for the next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> I forgot how great this one was. Oh, I'm definitely gonna watch this one a ton. Last uh, one though, and I use this in our like uh, when we intro the show a few years ago and like a little like montage to like announce it. When Jules goes, uh, you know, you have some definite expectations. Yeah, to which you replied. Slumber party, nudie times, drinky, drinky. He's like, that's just my out-of-office reply. And I wish I worked at a place where I could make that my out-of-office reply, but I can't. 
That would that would be fucking awesome, Billy. So with that said, <laughs> where can the people find us? Uh, they can find us anywhere they would like. Um, mainly on any of the podcasting platforms. You can also find everybody else in the Dork Shared Universe. They're also on the Facebook page. That includes us, Mac and Goo, Dork, your other podcast, TLDR, uh, with Nick Fryer. We recently attended his wedding. Uh, his brother is like the like the the, the cool version of him. <laughs> I've said this joke a million times. I'm gonna say it again. I went up to his mother and I was like, "You have a tremendous son, and Nick's okay too." <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, so his other podcast is changed my mind. My other podcast is the Scream podcast called PCP. Uh, Scream's coming out again soon, so we'll have another episode for you. And uh, I believe. That is it. Did I did I tell you that his dad told me a blowjob joke in the church while yes. Nick and yeah. <laughs> it's his dad's a fucking man. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to Nick, but his dad's a fucking man. Yep. Love you, Nick. Have fun, uh, you know, wherever you are in parts unknown. So I won't fuck it up again this week, Billy. Until next week, my friend. Wait for it. Leroy. Ha! <laughs>